I uh, was asked repeatedly about how I deal with resolutions. And you know what? All the years that I think I've been pastoring or being president of this school, I have never really taught on it. And I don't know why. I just, because I, I never want my personal journey to be somebody else's, uh, what do I want to say, legalistic rules or something. You get what I'm trying to say there? So I always felt kind of weird about doing it. But today I just felt like, you know what, maybe this will help you. Uh, Rondell, can you come up here and help me move these things a little off so I can get this? Let's put it over here. Thank you. All right, so you should have a handout that I passed out today. And one of the things that I always think about when I think about resolutions is that before you move on to the new year, have you stopped long enough to thank God for last year? Amen? And you see that because our tendency is to close one door and just shoom, rush into the next. And that's what you see with you see on the uh, handout with the ten lepers. You know, one returns, but the other nine, when Jesus says what? Where then? Were there not yet ten? But, you know, where's the, where's the other nine? And I think that's kind of how we can be, is that we can just rush through one season of our life on to the next one. And you can see down here some of the scriptures, Genesis 28, 16, about landmarks, memorials. And I'll just read these. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I, and I do know it. He was afraid and said, How awesome is this place? This, there is none, none other than this house of God, and, and this is the gate of heaven. So Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on it. And he called that uh, the name of the place Bethel, the house of God. You know, he took that stone and he said, you know, this is going to be a place I'm going to remember that God met me here. You see the same thing down in Joshua chapter uh, 4, verses 20, about taking the stones from the middle of the Jordan. And it says, well, you know, I'm not going to read all that, but you can look uh, Joshua 4, 20 and following. But if you just look at the last line, he says, why, why should you do that? Because they go set this memorial up. He says that all the peoples of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So they set those 12 stones, set them up so there would always be a memorial for them to remember what God had done for them. So what I say to you, for me, it's, for, you know, when I look at the 2013 year, it's going to be Jerry's testimony. You hear me? I mean, that's going to be in this, and for Christmas, which I really enjoy my kids, Chris and Jennifer went and framed this picture, you know, of, of, of Jerry and I in the hospital. And then when you're, when you're sitting there looking at somebody who they said was, you know, comatose and that he wasn't coming back, and to see that right there, you get me? So this will ever be sitting on my desk reminding me what? Of the power of God and what God is able to do. So that's why I say that before we jump on to the next season of our life, have you stopped long enough to journal and thank God for the miracles of 2013? Amen? If you haven't, you should. So let's talk through 2014. And this is, I'm just going to show you what I do. And again, I don't want this to turn into some legalistic whatever, you know. So 
these are 2014 resolutions, whatever for me or where, how I do this. So let me just, if you look in your paper, when we talk about goals, and don't worry, I'm going to get into the word here in a second. We talk about your goals. Your goals have got to be tangible. They've got to be successful. In order for that to happen, you've got to have three things. And this, all this is what I'm teaching. This is taught everywhere in leadership, so it's nothing, nothing here I'm going to give you is anything new. But in order for a goal, for you to reach your goals, they've got to be specific, they've got to be measurable, and they've got to be attainable. And goals are always divided into short-term and long-term goals. Short-term goals, I always look at and say, this is what I'm going to accomplish this year. Long-term goals are going to be something I could accomplish in several years or over my entire life. You with me on that? It'll be important for you to be that. The other thing is that before beginning the process about doing resolutions and thinking where you're going, you've got to ask, is the goal truly relevant to me? And usually that question I always ask is, what is the motivation for why I want to do this? Come on now. Because a lot of times, if you will just search the motivation, you would find out right away several of your goals are going to die before they get too far down the road. Because you're not really all in it. And the motivation was wrong to begin with. So let's talk real quickly through this. So in order for a goal, like I said, it's got to have the three things. Be specific, measurable, and attainable. So the first one, specific. A specific goal has a much greater chance, of course, of being accomplished than a general goal. Again, the whole idea is if you aim at nothing, guess what? You're going to hit it every time. Amen? So if you look down at the example, a general goal would be like, hey, I'm going to get in shape this year. Well, that's, you know, if you break that down and say, hey, I'm going to join a health club. I'm going to work. You get what I'm saying? That's the difference. The next thing, it's got to be measurable. Establish, you know, concrete criteria of measuring the progress as you move along. It's got to be timely. You know, in other words, that you've got to ground it in a time frame. Amen. So that way it'll keep you with a sense of urgency of what you're trying to do. Track your progress because when you see yourself developing, pretty soon what happens on the inside of you? You get excited. Come on. You're just like, hey, I am moving towards this. Look at these things, these steps I'm doing. So each time I try to have a little bit of a due date. So it's one thing to say, I'm, you know, like I wrote down there, I'm going to join, I think I'm going to go to college. Well, that's okay. That again is what? It's kind of out there, but you can't measure it. The idea to say, hey, I'm going to go get my BA degree in what? Four years or three years, not ten. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor. He ain't talking about you. Come on. Number three, it's got to be attainable. It's important to, uh, to evaluate your situation honestly and recognize which goals are realistic and which ones are just far-fetched, man, that are just out in crazy land. To be realistic, you know, you got to be the most representative object toward which where you're able to, you're willing to work and you're willing to push towards it. That's how you'll know what's really attainable. And and again, a lot of times that if you set low goals, you always mess up. It's when you set high, lofty goals, those will be the ones that you will chase. It's the one you'll throw all your energy behind. So don't be setting them way down here. Come on now, but be setting them up high enough. So, for example, here's what I put on in here again. I'm going to go, I'm going to plant a church that will grow to a thousand in one year. Okay, well, unless you're pulling people out of a wheelchair, I don't know how you're going to, you know, get to that point. But it'd be different for you to say, I'm going to find a location. You get me? Disciple leadership team. Lay the groundwork to grow a church of a thousand within what? Five years. Now that's realistic. 
I mean, saying stuff like, when I get older, I'm going to be as good looking as Chancellor. Now, that's just, you're never going to reach that. That's just, that's un- unattainable. Don't set those, that's, that's way up there. Okay? Alright. So turn over to Luke chapter 2. Look at that. I delivered you from Mark for one week. You've been loosed. So Luke chapter 2, verse 52. I want you to get this down. This is where I always roll. And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. And this is, now all this stuff you're going to get from here, this is just me. You're not going to go dig it out of a book somewhere. Okay? I might have some thoughts in here that I got from somewhere, but for the real deal, this is just how I, again, this is how I roll with it. So the first thing that I talk about when I look at the ministry, and I divide this up into two things. When we talk about, you know, ministry itself, I talk about, in my mind, the ministry of being, amen? And then I talk about the ministry of overflow. And let me explain what I mean by that. When you talk about the ministry of being, it's who we are. And like you see, the question that I ask yourself is that was there a time when Jesus turned ministry on and off? Come on now. No. So if he's our example, it's a whole idea. With this thought in mind, there's, what, you're gonna, all of us are going to answer the same thing. No, there's not a time he turned it off. So it's the idea of ministry flows from who we are. It flows from the very relationship we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. He wasn't saying, just imitate me when I'm preaching or I'm teaching. He was saying, imitate my entire life. Amen? Because his whole life was ministry. So when you look at this, you see, and I'm writing on the board for those of you that are watching uh, by the webcast. But you see on there, it said that Jesus grew in what? Wisdom. Stature. Favor. You guys are so good when you have a paper in front of you. Fair with God and what? With men. Okay? So here it's talking about what? Our intellectual development. Right? Our cognitive. Okay? Stature talks about what? The physical. Favor with God is what? It's spiritual. Favor with men is what? Social. So when I define my, my goals in my life, you know, my resolutions that I go through, I always take this idea of being, and I always look at this. One, two, three, four. And what happens when I get these four down, then from the overflow of this, this is where my ministry flows. Are you with me? Don't look at me like I'm crazy. All right, so let's look at that. So again, like I said, you see those? The overflow you see from John 7, 37 through 39, it talks about what? From His innermost being, what? From our what? Innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. It's all coming out of the overflow, what's going on there. So when we talk about a more formal definition of overflow, if you look through the Word of God, amen, 
Ministry is always defined by what? What two things? Evangelism and what? Discipleship. That's it. You get me? So if you look down through Mark, Mark 1, come on now. He preached the gospel. You know, you look at Mark 16, and they went out and preached everywhere, preached the word in season. And then the second part is what? Go and make disciples. He said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations of the world. You know, Matthew 28, you guys know all these scriptures. Amen? So the idea, Jesus said what? I called you to do what was the thing, things he said? I called you to come. Come on, Mark. Be with me, then what? Then go. Right? Be with me, then I'm going to send you out to preach, heal, deliver, cast out devils, all that whole thing. Alright, so let's look at it then. So the first thing. Hope you got this. I'm going to race and try to keep us going here. Alright. So the first thing is what? Education. And you see on there, every one of these guys, I will have a ST, which is what? Right, short-term goal and my long-term goal. So, okay, my short-term goal would be what? For me, that's, you know, in seminary, it's like, okay, this year, I want to finish 12 more classes. Okay? My long-term goal is by the age of 60... I would like to have completed my doctorates. Are you with me? So this is what you're going to go through in each one of these. So number two is what? Reading. Okay? Short term is what? Long term is what? For me, short term is, is that, hey man, I want to try to read, you know, a book a week. Well, you're in, you're in college, you guys, you know, you're probably doing more than this. You know, all of us that are in college, you know, seminary, we got, well, well. The long term for me is I actually would like to write some of the stuff that I'm doing. You know? Number three is what? Seminars. Remember, this is all about cognitive development. How you're, you know, thinking through stuff. How you want to grow intellectually. So this, you know, maybe what I put down here, uh, maybe 10 two seminars, you know, this year. And the other one is, hey, you know what? I'd like to go visit several ministries that I can glean from. You get me? Number four is what? Listen. Well, you know what that's going to be for me. You know, my short-term goal is to listen uh, to the Gospel of Mark. At least three to four times a week, all the way through. My long term is always going for saturation. Go for a saturation weekend where I can just several times a year and try to move towards that, where I can take it all. And then the last one is what? Five is what? Journaling? All right. Short term for me is, hey, I'd like to at least be able to make sure I'm doing it at least once a week. You know? Long term is I'd like to turn it into a book. You know, I want to write a book on healing. You know, uh, I want to write a book on youth ministry. You know, there's several different books that I want to get out. At some point, God's going to give me the ability to do that. All right, so you got this? 
Now, there's probably other things. You know, I didn't get a chance to run this past the, you know, the whatever, all the scholars in the house. And they probably could have said, you could have thought of this and that. And the other one. I said, yeah, you're probably right. But at two in the morning when I was writing this, come on, somebody, my head was fried. Okay. The second area is what? Do you want me to deal with this one now or you want me to do this right at the end? Mm-hmm. I feel it coming on me. One is rest and vacation. All right. Short term. Long term. Okay. All right. I, Chancellor will confess I'm terrible at this. I am terrible at, at trying to disengage. So my, my thing would probably be, can I get two weeks without getting crazy about SUM? And at some point, I would like to take a sabbatical. Come on, somebody. Number two is what? Exercise, right? Well, I want to stick short-term, long-term Short, I want to stay with my jogging, you know, three, four times a week, you know. I want to stay on that track. My long-term goal may be like, yeah, I'd like to maybe try to go for a marathon, you know. So you just, your work is ordered. Number C. Number C is what? We're going to do this one in capitals. Diet. Short term. You know, for me, the short term is the balancing of the sugars. Okay? Sugars. Men. 30, I think, to 38 grams. Women, I think, is, what, 20 to 25 grams? Why don't you just look at a can of soda? Come on, somebody. This is your intake for an entire day. The day. All day. You can't cheat and take 400 in one day and say, there's mine for all week. Because you know you ain't going to make it all week. Oh, man, you know I want to run there. Come on. So my... Long-term goal under that one is I want to keep, you know, I'm 5'11", a little over 5'11", and I'm supposed to be between, I think, 160 and 170. I want to stay there my whole life. I've been there for 25 years. I'd like to stay there till I keel over. You hear me? How many know there is a picture... Before, you know, some of the, I'm just talking to some of the brothers in the house. There is a picture of brothers, not pre-Christ, but pre-marriage. And then there's brothers post-marriage. Well, well, yeah. I'm going to just pause on this one. Okay. Just let me hit the pause button. I'm going to say some stuff to you real quick, and that's it. Because contrary to what you think, 
SUM is not putting together a football team. Whether it's male or female. Come on now. Father, that's just good preaching right there. Father. So, here, the first thing, just real quickly, I just want to say this to you. You know, evaluate the way you eat. Come on. Take a look at what you're eating. Look at the snacks. Look at the size of your portion. Man, begin to snack healthy. You know, consider what time of day do you guys go crazy. For me, it's after 6 p.m. I'm just going to tell you. I'll, I'll go all day and not eat nothing. 6 p.m., Jennifer will sit across the table and look at me. Okay, and I'm not even noticing what I'm doing. But I'll go from the chips. I'll go to a pickle. I'll go to the olives. I'll go to this. And she'll go, Dad, you got a rat in that gut of yours? Or where's all that? That's just too much weird stuff going to one place. Well, I know i got to watch myself at night because I can have a tendency. To, am I the only one in the house? Come on now. Guys acting all holy on me. Try to plan out your meals, man. Think about it. Come on, you got the dorms. So you're going to make something, make some healthy and hold on to it for a little bit here. Eat more veggies. Avoid processed food. What's processed food? Anything that comes in a package. Come on now. Yeah. Even if it's a pre-packaged. And drink a lot of water, guys. Drink, a, you know, if you drink whatever, you know, what do they say? I, I think I forgot how many ounces of water. Just before you, 20 minutes before you eat, you're not going to eat as much. And then, of course, as I said, get exercise. And an exercise don't got to be a killer. If you like to play basketball, go play basketball. If you like to walk, power walk, go do all that. You know, do whatever you want. You know, just, you got to get moving. Stay away from things like take this pill and you'll lose 50 pounds or whatever. Have you ever seen that on the cover of every woman's magazine is how you can lose 50 pounds in two days? I mean, just... And all the women go, that's what I was looking for. Come on. And the way to get through it is have an accountability partner with all things in life. You want to be straight up in your walk with Christ? It's the same thing with your health. Get something that's going to hold you accountable. And, for, you know, will you just get out there and tell your mama you're dieting? You know, you go to her house, oh, my baby, you're looking so thin. Come here. And you got this big old bowl or whatever she starts. Come on. Tell them, I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to get this under control. You're not helping me here. All right. I preached long enough on that. I see how much you like that one. You know, I mean, you know what really got me too? Let me just go a tangent here. Really torqued me because when I was at, I was talking to Mark Andrews. I don't know if he's in here anywhere. There's Mark. Where's Carranza? Is he in here? Oh, there he is. Hiding. He's got his head down. I was talking to Mark, and Mark was telling me about his love life, and I said, hey, Mark, I ain't blitzing you. I think it's cool, bro. But then Mark began telling me, you know, and, and right when in the middle of Mark's talking to me, Karanz runs up and goes, don't tell him anything, because he'll just shout you out and tap him. He'll put you on blast. And I say, it's not true. So, I mean, I appreciate it, you know. And Mark was just telling me that, what is it, you, Lewis, and Brian, Amen. But they've been working out together. Hey, I think that's cool. Come on, give them a hand. Praise God. See? So I don't know why he goes, he goes to crazy places. But it was a little weird when he told me that the three of them, the part that he enjoys the most is when the three of them jump in the hot tub together. That's <laughs> weird. I 
remember Mark, you had me to there, man. You had me right up at that point. <laughs> Father, help me. That's just too much love in one place. All right. Spiritual development. All right, spiritual. You can see I got a bunch on there. You know, your prayer and fasting. What's Give me them. What are they real quick? Bible study. Church. Worship. Giving. Your gifts. And seven witnessing. Okay, of course, for each one of these, I've got short-term, long-term goals on, on each one of them. So for my short-term under prayer and fast, I want to be consistent, you know, going to the mountains. I want to take that time. I, long-term, I want to really, you know, attend some solid prayer and fasting retreats that we, you know, they have those guys get away for three, four days. I think those things are incredible. Bible study, I want to do more reflection on what I'm reading. You know, and of course, then I want to stay on track long-term, always to be reading the Bible through in a year. Church, that's a little bit different for me just because I travel so much. Worship, you know, again, I want to begin to play my guitar, piano a little bit more. Uh, you know, at some point, maybe release a CD. Giving, well, this year in giving, for me, it's always kind of the same. I always want to evaluate my giving short term. But, you know, long term, I want to continually be moving to where I'm giving more and more of my income away. You follow me? I want to make sure that that meter is moving up. Well, God and the kingdom is getting more, and I'm getting less. All right. Developing spiritual gifts, same thing. I want to lay, continue to lay hands, and at some point I want to do a healing crusade, you know. Uh, witnessing, continue to witness on a daily basis, and maybe attend you know, uh, some conferences on, the, on it. So that's kind of what I do you know, for, for this whole area. But again, each one of these, you're going to have short and long-term goals. Are you with me on that? All right. Then the last one, number four is social, right? Well, social is going to be what? Your family, body of Christ, okay, and the lost. Well, you can imagine short-term and long-term. I have short-term, long-term goals for my son, for my daughter, for my wife. You know, where I want to go, what I want to see happen in, in, in them, especially the short-term in 2014, and then the same thing with the body of Christ. What do I, you know, where I want to go there long term. You know, here I want to go deeper in some of the relationships that I'm developing right now. And I'm really excited about that. Long term, as I move through it, is guess what? I want to try to go mend some broken relationships. Okay, that's, that's what I want to try to do. You know? So then the other one is just the lost. You can imagine what that is. It's pretty much the usual with me. So I want to just continue to be a witness. And I really, the thing for this year, for the lost, what I want to do is I want to embrace new cultures. You know, I just want to learn more about other cultures than my own. Okay? You got all that? All right. So then we get down to now that we got the four together. Is this helping anybody? So now that you have, what did we say the first one was? The intellect, right? Number two was physical. Number three was yeah, spiritual. And then the last one, social. So as I said before, your ministry flows out of this. 
It flows from the overflow. Okay? So then we look at ministry. Now your ministry, you know, I usually look at for me always about growth. And you've seen on the papers, growth in ministry needs to be tied numerically. Come on, we are trying to reach a world. If, you, if you're still babysitting the same five people, you babysitted for ten years, there's something wrong. Because they, they were babies when you found them, and they're still babies today. Come on now. They haven't grown a lick. If anything, what they've done is they've become dependent, come on, on you. Which is completely unhealthy. That's why, I, I don't know if you ever heard, but when it comes to counseling, they usually say any type of counseling that goes beyond seven, se- seven sessions turns into a dependency. That's why whenever I did counseling at my church, I always made sure it was done before the seventh session. Because otherwise, they start drawing all of who they are from you instead of maturing up and moving on with what they need to be doing. So when you look at this, you could see real quickly now these P's that you got down here in the resources. Let me just say them real quickly. Whenever you're evaluating your programs, this can be a little bit different because you got some of you aren't in ministry yet, like full blown. But you always are going to evaluate what? What are they? Right. And resources. So you're always going to be asking yourself, man, is this the right program? Is it working? Is it not working? Have we identified through things like we do at SUM, have we identified some things that we need to embrace and bring out something new? Okay? Next, do I have the right people in the right seats on the bus? It's not enough just to get them on the bus, but are they in the right seat? Or should you help them at the next bus stop to get off? Come on now. So you're always checking, you know, that part out with the people. Process just means that, you know, how do you make it happen? Well, SUM, I got to have a business office, you know, I got to have an academic department, you get me? And all those got to work together. That's what it's all talking about there. And then the fourth thing is, have I allocated enough resources to make it possible? Okay, I feel like I lost everybody in the room. So now you're going to go into your goals, okay, for ministry. And again, like I said, I break it always down into two tiers. Evangelism and discipleship. Okay? Just about every program in a church or a youth ministry is going to fall between these two things. If you hear somebody say, my church is very pro-evangelism, but it's missing discipleship, there's a problem. If you have a church that says, my church is a solid discipleship church, and it has no evangelism, it's got a problem. Because in the life of Jesus Christ, you see both of these coordinating together. So when I evaluate a program, so give me an idea of it. Uh, for us, it would be like what? It would be our outreaches. Okay? It would be what? Mardi Gras. Which I hope everybody is planning on being there this year is going to be powerful. We're inviting a hundred potential students that are going to be there with us. This is going to be crazy on the streets. I think when we're done, I'm, I'm, I figure we're going to have 350, 400, and that doesn't include all the rest of us that are going to be there. So it's going to be, it's going to be crazy. All right, so then you just go down. For me, discipleship is always about my leadership team. You get me, and of course, you guys as students. And of course, for each one of these, again, you're doing what? 
Short-term, long-term. What do I want to accomplish? So you evaluate it, and then you make sure that you are executing against what you're looking for. So when we look at SUM right now, our goal this coming fall is to reach 500 FTE within the college. Now, if any of you know anything about Bible colleges, that's like the landmark number to hit. It's That sets you up in all major whatever. And SUM is just knocking so close on that door. So I am just truly excited about it and all those. So that's my short-term goal. My long-term goal, of course, is to open it up in 100 cities in America and 100 cities overseas. And, of course, that all laying the foundation to raise up the largest army ever assembled in his name. Graduates, I want to see our graduates start planting more churches. You know, and I want to see that being done really in the five-fold ministry curriculum. I want to see us get the evangelism major. Long-term, I want to see us get the major developed for every one of the five-fold. So those are just some of my, you get me, some of the ideas of where I'm going. So this, when it comes down to this, guys, this is really how when I approach every year, what I just took you through is what I, I take myself through. I sit down and I look at these. Some of them apply, some of them don't. Something new may pop on. So what you would do is you'd look at your stuff in the program and you'd just say, okay, evangelism, what things in my church or what things in my ministry would fall under evangelism? Then I'd look at short-term, long-term goals with that. What are those things that fall under discipleship? I'd list them out and then say, hey, what are we doing? Like I'd, uh, I really like the idea that they came up with, you know, with points of light right now as they're getting ready to launch a soccer team. Well, that wasn't on, you get me? That wasn't a part of what they were doing before. But through the assessment, you get me, of what's going on, they said, you know what? We've got a need. We need to meet that need. So each one of these things, you ought to be growing and just saying, okay, how are we doing this? And where do I want to go? And when you get that down inside you, I promise you, you'll be a better leader. Because leadership, guys, is all about discipline. You get me? If you are an undisciplined person, and that's why I deal with you guys so hard about diet. Because some of you, you will be disqualified from getting into ministry for no other reason than just your diet. I don't want to be hurtful to you. I'm just trying to tell you. That's just, you know, that's just where we live. And I know some of you say, well, but chance is part of our culture. Well, guess what? An American culture today is sleeping around, shacking up. That don't make it right. Come on. You've, You've got enough health statistics to tell you you know it's not right. So stop making excuses for yourself. Step up and get disciplined. It doesn't take a whole lot. Every one of us in here could get, come on, sassy and lazy. Come on. Come on, you know it's true. Every one of us could just bail out and say, I don't feel like doing this. I don't feel like, I don't, I don't feel like going to school no more. I don't feel like chasing after my education. Come on. It's about discipline. It's pushing through those barriers, knowing that, man, this is, you know, this is what I want. And at the end, I promise you, you'll be further down the road. Amen? Let's stand again.